Hey, have you heard about popcultureclassroom.org? Pop Culture Classroom inspires a love of learning, increases literacy, celebrates diversity, and builds community through the tools of popular culture and the power of self-expression. That sounds awesome. Pop Culture Classroom envisions individuals transformed by the educational power of pop culture who create diverse, inclusive, and engaged communities, and they bring us Denver Pop Culture Comic Con. So... That's why you get these panels, these guests, these interviews, all of this programming that we offer through the BAC network. Other things that Pop Culture Classroom gives a shit about, quality service to kids and communities, respect, inclusiveness, and diversity, equality of opportunity, alternative approaches to education, recognizing each person's intrinsic dignity and importance, that's always good, and open communication, responsibility, and honesty. Does it sound like I'm reading that off their website? It's because I am. I want to get it right, because they deserve to get it right, and they deserve to have you go to their webpage, popcultureclassroom.org, and donate so that they can keep on trucking with their awesome mission to change the world through pop culture and literacy and education and etc. experience you can choose one. I know it's tricky because there's so many amazing ones, but is there one that comes to mind? Um, I, I don't know if they're here somewhere, but I attended a wedding at a convention <laughs> uh, between a couple of awesome nerds, and, uh, <laughs> and that was really cool. That's something you don't get to do very often. That was a lot of fun. Um, that certainly sticks out. And I was reminded of it today because they're they're here, so I, uh, yeah, they have a little nerd now, which is great. Yeah. And, 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 Thanks, asshole. Really and I use that term with love, by the way. We're all, I always say everybody's a nerd for something. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that you guys realize we're just as big a nerds as you guys. Like, I actually called my daughter, who's now five months old, first name Sky, middle name Walker. <laughs> I wanted the whole person to be Skywalker, but my, my guy shut me down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't suck. <laughs> uh, no, it was, uh, it was a heck of an experience. It's nice now that everything's finally out. I can actually talk about Endgame, I think, now. Um, I'm not afraid of spoilers or getting, uh, you know, I'm not afraid of someone accosting me in a dark alley because I said something wrong in an interview. Um, and, uh, and also I can talk about all the awesome people I work with because um, in, uh, in doing Rocket on, on set, I work, I work with all the other actors. That's one of the main focuses of my job. And so, you know, it was really amazing to go in and do um, Infinity War and then especially Endgame where I would go to set and be with all of the Avengers and all of kind of the biggest stars around and, and uh, get to know them as people and work with them every day was really something um, I will always, uh, I'll always treasure the experience and there'll never be anything like it, you know, it's not like later in my career, I don't think I'll ever do something where I say, oh, this reminds me of Endgame, like it's not, <laughs> there's no, there's, there's no topping that, you know, whatever oh, meter no, you have that on, I think we, 
we tipped the meter. So, um, so it was pretty, pretty great. So I heard that the first time that you heard about the story of Guardians of the Galaxy was at a family get-together, is that true? Where your brother sort of shared with you the pitch? That, that's actually the first time um, I heard for Guardians 2. Oh, the two. Yeah, for the first movie, um, you know, he had just kind of contacted uh, my family, my brother James contacted my family out of the blue and said he'd gotten this awesome job, you know, directing this thing. And there was, at that time, there was like one piece of conceptual art that had been created, and that was it. Um, and that was really, uh, that was really cool. But then after we shot the first movie and it came out and it was such a, 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 a kind of mind-boggling success, um, then it was a, it was a, a family gathering. It was my, um, God, I, I think that would have been for my, my parents' Fiftieth um, anniversary, I think. Uh. But, um, but it, it, so it was several years ago. But, but he, we were down at our our uh, our, our um, we were at a family gathering, and he just kind of sat me down and he said, "Well, here's what I'm thinking for Guardians 2. And he told me the whole story, um, including how Kraken's uh, arc sort of expanded and what he was doing in the movie, and, and almost everything he told me ended up being what. We ended up shooting, even though it was, you know, almost a year before we we started. Um, that's pretty rare, you know. He, he tells me, "Here's what's going to happen in the movie." In Hollywood, when you're a year out from the movie shooting, and a couple of years out from it being released, it's very rare that that things stay so close to the way that they were intended, but my brother's a maniac, and, uh, <laughs> and he prepares like, like, no, like, uh, he really sort of visualizes the whole movie before he starts, um, for the most part, you know, and, um, and yeah, so, what he told me is pretty much what we did. And I hear you have a pretty big family, and some of cameos, play cameos in, in Guardians? Um, yes, we, uh, my, my, my brother likes to stick people in where he can, so my, um, uh, in Guardians 2, my parents play um, uh, Weird Old Man is my father. Is that what the official title is? Yeah, yeah, my father plays Weird Old Man, and my mother plays Weird Old Man's mistress. <laughs> Thanks, son. Which is a lot of fun. But yeah, I have a large family. I've just been, actually came from seeing a lot of them, and yeah, there's six of us. So, yeah. I can connect, because I've got... Uh, there's eight of us all up, and we're like, Dad, shut down. Keep it in your pants. There's no inheritance left. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I heard um, there was a rumor, a vicious rumor traveling around that I think was started by your, your beautiful brother, is that you used to invite guests over and you did some contortionist acts to possibly in my approach. Yeah, when I was young, that's sort of a fun thing to ask I was very, very uh, small, even as I got older, even when I was like, you know, 10, 12 years old, I was incredibly skinny. And one time we were, um, we were sitting around and there was a wire hanging there, just a wire coat hanging Did it look like this? And I just, oh! <laughs> I can't do it anymore, so I don't know But I just went right through it without banging it. I just like went right through the thing. And they were freaked out, and so then they started, my brother James started inviting friends over, and he told me I love performing and being the center of attention, so I was happy to, uh, I was happy to do it, yeah.
So how tricky and challenging were the scenes that you had to be two characters at one time, not being Yeah, it's, um, that, that was really probably the trickiest thing I've had to do in my career is, is the scene where Kragman and Rock, Rocket are both in, which is, um, you know, there's like, not too much in the first movie, but in the second movie there's like four or five scenes that we're both in, and, uh, and it, you know, it's, it's just, I always say that the, the kind of main components of acting, I think, are preparation and focus. Um, and there's, there's a, a bunch of other things, obviously, that go into it, but for me, those are the two things that come to mind most. And so on those days, I mean, it's really, it's kind of twice the preparation and all the focus still. So like, I would have to kind of go back and forth and change outfits sometimes and really just sort of visualize whatever scene we were doing mentally from the perspective of which character I was playing. And they're two very different perspectives. Um, so doing that was, was tricky, but you know, fortunately I've been acting a long time and I, you know, have, have uh, learned a ton since I started and, and uh, it, was, it was a fun challenge. So we're going to be uh, taking questions from the audience. So if you guys would like to, we've got a microphone over here and one in the centre stage and one on this side as well. So if you want to come forward, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so one last question for me. I saw online that you guys took an amazing photo for the 10th anniversary for the Marvel oh, Universe. Yeah. Please walk me through that extraordinary day. That day was, um, that was um, in, insane being there, because that's a real photo, no one's photoshopped in. But yeah, the 10th anniversary photo, and it's just kind of everybody you can imagine, not just, you know, so many of the great actors, but also a lot of the producers and, and directors and some of the core um, uh, sort of uh, team that puts all those movies together. And that was something, although I gotta say, it was rivaled by the uh, funeral scene in Endgame, which, is also that one shot. It's like, you know, there's like a dozen Oscars or something like that amongst those people, yeah. amongst those actors, no actors. And I know, and it was just being there, and, and uh, you know, and everybody there looks super nice because they're all dressed in suits, except I'm wearing my tracksuit as Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that was a heck of a day too. That was something I'll never forget. All right, let's start off over here. Welcome back, Mr. Gunn. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Obviously. My question is, is how's Michael Rooker been? He's as terrible as ever. Hey, he's, he's a nice man. He's a nice man. He is, but sad he had to cancel, but... Yeah, he's a nice man. I, I, uh, I, uh, I like Rooker. I give him a hard time, but he is like, uh, he is like family to me, so we've done like five movies together now or something. Um, and, uh... He's, he's, uh, his dirty little secret is that he's actually great to work with. <laughs> you gotta keep him in line. Yeah, I know. He doesn't like that to get out, though. <laughs> Thank you. Just so you Hi there. So, my question was, who is one of your favorite actors to work with uh, in the MCU? There really are so many. And, like, I, I, um, I, I, it's hard to single anybody out because the Guardians, um, the Guardians folks are like family to me um, in so many ways. And then going and doing Avengers and, uh, you know, everyone was so cool. And Mr. Downey in particular was very sort of welcoming to me. 
into, into bringing me into that part of the family, you know? Um, and uh, and I, I really like working with everybody. I, um, I, I have a, a soft spot for Dave Bautista, who will be here tomorrow, I understand. Um, I was there from one of Dave's first auditions and, and for the first movie and saw how hard he worked to uh, land that role and all of the actors that he beat out, you know, um, to, to, to get that role. And I thought that that was um, pretty great. And um, just to throw out one more, I just saw Karen Gillan in uh, All Creatures Here Below. It's a little indie film that just came out. And she's fantastic in it. And she's one of, she's as good as any actor I've ever worked with. And, and uh, I'll give a little shout out to her too. So my question is, at the end of Guardians 2, when Craig was presented with Yondu's arrow, mm -hmm. how was that for you as an actor with just how emotional it got? Yeah, I mean, it, it, well, what I can say is that when we shot that and Craig gets emotional there, you know, it, it wasn't hard to sort of, you know, I'm not really manufacturing any feelings there. It really was emotional, you know, when we really were just shooting the funeral and, and, and kind of saying goodbye to the character of Yondu, um, and so for, for Kraglin, I think it's, it's, it's tough because he's kind of had this rivalry with Quill, and, and Quill, you know, then it, it's like a peace offering from Quill, but also a, a sign of, of uh, respect from Quill. And, uh, and for Kraglin, as somebody who just, if you think about it, just lost everybody. I mean, he, his entire ship is gone that he starts the movie with. He's the only person that's still there. And uh, so for him to sort of go from what's next for me to then being presented that arrow is really a, uh, it's, it's just, I, I love that moment and I'm very, um, I'm fortunate to be able to play such a, a scene with such rich sort of uh, emotional framework, you know? It's very refreshing when you read a script and then you go into a set where it's almost like you don't have to act, right? yeah. you just react to everything that's around right. you and you've got such a big connection with the deep connection with the people that you've been traveling to, the uncharted territories. And That's right. And, and I, I think that doing great writing is really the, kind of the name of the game. And I get asked the question a lot, what do you prefer? Do you want to, or is there something you'd like to do next? And I always say, pipe down back there. Come on. <laughs> um, but I would say what I want to do next is a great script. And I don't care what the genre is. It doesn't, doesn't matter to me whether it's a horror movie or a, you know, or, or, or a, 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 a serious Oscar bait drama or a teen sex comedy. You can find <laughs> great stories in anywhere, really, you know? And, uh, and so I just like, I, I like to, to chase great writing. Um, I, so I was wondering what your favorite memory on set from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies were. My favorite memory on set? Oh gosh. You know, it, I know it's hard. I mean, the 12% of a planned scene from the first movie is something that I kind of really will never forget because it, it's, it's um, all, all of the Guardians and we basically just spent a full day performing that scene, and after doing all the special effects and things like that, now of course I'm there, you know, to, to help create the CGI character, so there is still special effects involved, but basically it's just the actors interacting with each other, 
And, uh, and that's something that springs to mind, but, you know, if you caught me tomorrow, I'd probably have a different memory, and, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of good ones. Thanks. Hi, thanks for coming. Um, I was wondering what it was like to go from, say, Stars Hollow to the Stars. If you could compare the experience of Gilmore more girls with the NCU, and if you just see the letters GG, you think Guardians and Galaxy or Gilmore? <laughs> 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 Why are they going to talk about Gossip Girl? And when I see the letter K, do I think Cragman or Kirk? It's <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, yeah, I um. Um, I, it, it was great, and, and it really kind of goes back to what I just said about writing. I mean, if you look at where those things are, there's so many places where they're different. You know, television to movies, you know, the CW to Marvel. It's like, and and uh, and certainly starts out of you know outer space is uh, <laughs> is very different. But where they're the same is that the writing is is um, is super meticulous and, and really great, you know. And I think in, in both places, you'll see that it's not it, there's nothing sloppy about how the stories are put together. And great storytelling that's our job. It's not there's you know there's nothing there's no other real part of our job other than to tell great stories. And uh, and so in, in that way, I think that they're they're actually quite similar. Um, I hope I I hope Craglin and Kirk aren't too similar, but um, I do think Craglin would kill Kirk pretty quickly. Uh, but um, you know, every character you play is you in some way. You know, they're all they all sort of live inside of me, so even they have a lot of similarities, I'm sure. Thanks. Mine's also Gilmore Girls related. Um, so, was Gilmore Girls your first acting, your major acting role? And also, were you filming the Netflix series kind of around the same time as Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, very good question, actually, yes. Um, so, I had been, I mean, I had been working as an actor when I got Gilmore Girls. It kind of depends on how you think of it. I mean, yes, it was definitely my first big job. It was my breakout job. Um, it was the thing that enabled me to go from, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of like co-stars and guest stars on TV shows where I would pop up and do an episode or, or you know, one episode of something. Um, like what? Is that what you said? Uh, I did Third Rock from the Sun. I did Guest Year. I did a show called Any Day Now. I did, um, uh, God, there's a, there's a lot. Um, like some shows, shows that didn't last long. Um, <laughs> inside Schwartz, Shepard, Angel. Uh, nice. Uh, <laughs> it was up for a lead role in Angel that I didn't get, and I played uh. a smaller role and, and ended up doing another one. Um, and then, like, what occurred on a show called Brutally Normal that didn't last. And, I, and I've been working, you know, and like, I'd done a bunch of commercials in Chicago. I'd gone to acting school in Chicago. So I, I've been trying to make it and sort of, sort of plugging along. Um, when I got Gilmore Girls. And the funny thing was, was that I booked Gilmore Girls um, as, again, as a one-day role. I was supposed to come on and be the DSL installer, and, you know, yeah, Nick was my name, and, uh, and that was supposed to be it. And then, you know, a, a, a couple of weeks later, Amy Sherman Palladino was uh, uh, auditioning people to play a 
a swan delivery man, and, um, which is a real job, I have no doubt. And, uh, right. and, uh, Swans are mean. And she said to the casting director, I want a guy like that guy who played the DSL installer. And, um, and fortunately, our awesome uh, casting director, Jamie Rudolfsky, said, why don't you just hire that guy again? And she said, uh, she said well, that's a funny idea. And she like, slept on it and said it, and, and, uh, and she liked it, so they hired me back. And then I kept coming back. But I always thought that like the joke would wear thin. From my end, nobody told me, hey, you're now a townsperson, and we're going to bring you to do on all these episodes. They just, I just kind of kept getting calls that they want to book you again. And I didn't know if I was supposed to be the same character or <laughs> And it was early enough in my career that I just didn't ask. I was like, as long as they're booking me and I'm getting work, I'm just going to show up and do the job and they'll tell me what they want to tell me. And then it ended up, and I, I kept thinking that whole time that I would end up going and doing something else. You know, that like the joke would wear thin and they'd, I'd stop getting phone calls. Um, and it, but then by, you know, they started to kind of give my character a backstory and I thought, I might be here for a while. Yeah, and, uh, for the reunion too. And then I was supposed to test for, to, for like another TV show. And finally they said, let's make you a regular. And then I was kind of, then I was on the, on the show. Um, to answer your second question, yes, we were shooting, um, um, Amy was really worried about that. Um, we sat down and had, uh, had drinks one night. Um, I hadn't seen her in a while, and she's like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. And I'd heard, I'd heard that we were maybe trying to put together a re reunion for Gilmore Girls. Um, and, she, uh, and she said, Pat, we think we're going to do this, but I know you're doing these Marvel movies. Like, are you available? And unfortunately, we were shooting at exactly the, I mean, you know, within the time that I was shooting Guardians, but I said, I can try. I mean, I can try to schedule, schedule around it. Um, and so that's what we did. So we were able to kind of work out, um, you know, I, I might have been able to do more in a year in my life if I hadn't already been. Uh, but who knows? I was, it was awesome to do what I did. But if you see it here in the life, you'll notice that's why my hair's kind of a little bit shaved on the sides, and I have facial hair, because I had to keep that to play Kragman. Um, which, which kind of always bugs me a little bit, because I don't, I feel like Kirk should shave. I don't know why. I just... Maybe for Lulu. Yeah, right. And I just picture him getting up in the morning and thinking that this is going to make him a man if he gets up and shaves every morning. And well, of course, it, of course it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but they didn't mind, nobody minded, I'm, that's, just, that's just me getting neurotic about my own character. They were like, no, it's fine, you have a facial hair. And I was like, eh, I don't know, I feel like I should shoot. But, uh, but yeah, thanks. What's the most unfortunate incident you had with a fan? Like, did they ever like accidentally spell a Philly cheesesteak on you or something? <laughs> Weirdly specific. Yeah, no, that... Did I catch all that correctly? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just ask me if someone has ever spilled a Philly cheesesteak? <laughs> 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 something like, what's the most unfortunate incident you had with a fan? In my lifetime? Or, or... <laughs> Woken up naked in lots of weird places. I, can I just answer a yes or no? No, no one's ever spilled a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> <laughs> does, does that answer your question? 
I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I will say that the two Gilmore Girls, I had to do a lot of shit that was really annoying. So, like I hated wearing the hot dog suit and putting on the parachute and they made me learn how to, how to walk on stilts. And it was like, uh, you know, there's like, I guess there's like three foot stilts and five foot stilts. And, and then, they're like, you you, well, they were like, you should give me the three, you know, it'll be a lot easier. I'm like, yeah, I hope so. And then the production's just like, no, we think the five are funnier. <laughs> so it's way harder to learn on the five. And they're like, you'll be fine. You know? <laughs> um, and then I had to learn how to swing dance and all kinds of stuff like that. So I've, I've had a lifetime of, uh, of being uh, humiliated. For the amusement of others. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a, a pivotal thing at the time, and you, you know, you study it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then it couldn't be like three seconds of screen. Oh, time. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's how it always is in, in, in the business. Hi. So at the end of Guardians 2, it appears that Kragman's kind of taken on John Hughes' role, so he's some pretty big shoes to fill. So, what are we expecting from Kragman out of Guardians 3? Well, <clears throat> I'm not expecting anything until I read it, you know, like I, I try to, and I, I mean that sincerely, I'm not being like coy about that, I, I, um, I try to like from my perspective as an actor, and you know, if, if I'm not writing or producing and I'm just acting, which is what I do on those movies, I stay out of the, the, the process until it's my time to step into it. So right now, I don't know what I'm doing, I, my brother told me a couple of things, um, but that was before he got fired and rehired, so I don't know if some things might change or not, but I can tell you that, you know, um, hopefully Kragman will be around. Uh, he did, he, he was wearing the fin, but just, I don't think that the fin itself gives all of the powers that Yondu had, so it'll be interesting to see um, what happens next. And we did shoot a little, Couple little things for Endgame that were that were cut from the movie. Um, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone. Don't, don't think tell anyone. Crazy. Yeah, we shot a few scenes, uh, uh, not scenes, but a few moments um, where where Kraken was part of the battle at the end of the movie that, that were cut for, for pretty clear logistical reasons because they didn't go up into the. He was in a ship, and they didn't really go up into the ship, the part of the battle. So. Um, but I was wearing the, the fin when we shot those scenes. <laughs> but they're not in the movie, and I don't know, I think, it's, I think if they're not in the movie, they're not canon, so you never know, right? I mean, that's how it works. I mean. That's not Sean, how it works. Can you tell these guys about the rehearsal around the bonfire? What, oh. What Chris said to his... Oh, oh, yeah, 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 that's a, that's a good story. So that, so that, um, so when we were rehearsing the, um, um, the, the, the bonfire scene on Bearheart for the second movie, and, um, and it was Kurt Russell's first day of, of shooting. And, um, and it's a very emotional scene, uh, and, and um, it's Chris as, as Star-Lord and his father, Ego, and they're there, and, and they're having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. And my, my brother likes to sort of stand nearby and sort of quietly side coach the actors while they're doing scenes. It's a very directorly thing to do. And, and, um, and he says, they're in the middle of the scene, and, and he says 
to, uh, to Star-Lord, and now you ask him the question that you've been wanting to ask your whole life. And Chris says, what was it like working on Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> Could not have a better question. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> oh, so uh, I know obviously you got to be very fortunate and got to play two different roles in the MCU. I was wondering if you could be another hero in the MCU or villain, male, female, alien, whatever, who would you pick to be? Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer. Wow, boo. <laughs> Your favorite Avenger, and then also since I saw your T-shirt, what's your favorite Rick and Morty episode? Oh, good question. Um, uh, the um, uh, okay, so my favorite Avenger? God, I don't know. I mean, I gotta pick the. Is it cheating if I say Rocket? Rocket's kind of. I mean, you know, he works with the Avengers on so much, and it's like. I gotta, you know, I gotta stick up for my boy, but, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know, I like all, I like, I like all those characters, um, it would be very tough to pick one, um, I, I like Smart Hulk a lot, too, I think he's funny, <laughs> <laughs> and Thor Lebowski, I like all the characters. <laughs> he really um, does look like the big um, Lebowski, it's fucking scary. the episode is, uh, is the Rick Lantis episode, also known as the... The Citadel of Bricks episode. Yeah. This is one of the weirdest, darkest things I've ever seen on television. I love it. Okay. And Pickle Rick, too, of course. Uh, you have a potty with those guys? <laughs> no. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had the fortunate experience at San Diego Comic Con because we were talking about working vaguely together. And he's like, you know what? Come to our boat party. And I was like, sure. So we rock up on the boat party, and I it was the most saying off the hook, I'm like, is this stuff really even happening? It was amazing. There was craziness, there were people dancing, there was amazing beverages, and there were monkeys. <laughs> Many monkeys. I'm like, this is the first party I think I've wow. ever been to that has monkeys. So maybe next time. Whose idea was it to give uh, Kraglin that accent in the Guardians movie? Because that was like the most like favorite part about the character. Was that <laughs> accent? Was it like playing off of Yondu? Was the dialect? Yeah, yeah, I think th I th that was really the idea. Was that um, was that the um, uh, that the Yondu's character would sort of set the tone for the I don't know how you put it the flavor of the Ravagers in general, and so um, because. You know, uh, Mike orders from Alabama, and he has a natural uh, dialect. Even though I was doing a different type of dialect, but like I, my my brother was encouraging of that, and I, I I had a lot of experience in sort of learning how to do that. And I grew up in Missouri anyway, so it's not that far away, you know. Um, so I did a little study, but but we we kind of worked on that together. He wanted me to have a little bit of a dialect, and I I kind of worked on one. And so, what do you think of this? And he said, "Great, thanks." Um, what is your favorite episode that you filmed in Gilmore Girls? Um, I think my favorite episode is, um, is, uh, uh, Jews and Chinese Food, which is the episode where Kurt plays Tevya and Fiddler on the Roof. Ah, uh, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
for those of you. This is probably even funnier if you've never seen Gilmore Girls. <laughs> it is if you have seen it, but there's an episode where my character, Kirk, who I want to reiterate, is a grown man. <laughs> is, is, in a, is, is in a production of, of Fiddler on the Roof with children, but he's playing Tevin, the lead in the, the lead in the show. And it was based on a real thing where I, I believe, um, I, I believe some people involved with the show saw a a children's production, but none of the kids were ex you, none of the kids were old enough that they could handle that many lines and songs as the lead act. So the a grown up was playing that role. <laughs> I guess that struck them as very amusing. I've heard to it. Um, so last year you said we would find out whether Shagrin oh, got snapped or not. I assume it was in those deleted scenes because oh, I gosh. couldn't figure that out. Um, yeah, I think, um, again, here's the thing. I'm sorry I said that because I thought there was going to be stuff in the movie that wasn't. Um, <laughs> but I think, the, like, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to qualify this because, like I said, when it's not in the movie, it's not canon. So all I can tell you was what was going to be oh, shot, my. and then, but, but since it's not in there, it's not, you, you know, you, you can't really take it as truth necessarily. But I think the idea was that Craigan was snapped because he came back at the same time that everyone who was, who was brought back came back. So I, I, I think that was sort of the idea in, the, in terms of what was shot. But now, you know, you, Go nuts. Make your own theory. <laughs> <laughs> what was your um, favorite Gilmore? Uh, that's a nice thing. Don't worry. You're, you're all good. <laughs> What's your favorite um, Gilmore girl character? <laughs> <laughs> Again, I like, I like the town. I like a lot of the townspeople. Those are the people that I worked with. And, uh, you know, the most. Um, and I have a real soft spot for um, for uh, Mike Winter's character, played Taylor Dozy, who's just such a it's just sort of a thankless role. Gets so much dialogue and so much he and, and he gets on everyone's nerves and like <laughs> not a, I just think he was so great in that role. He's a favorite. I love Paris also. I think Liza Law's work on yeah. that show is just stellar. So, working in the MCU, did you ever have like a fangirl moment when you met somebody and you're just like, Well, you know, I, I tend to not, I, I'm in a place, I don't know what it is, I think I'm in a place in my career where I tend to not have those too many times anymore where I freak out on another actor because I'm there to like be their, their colleague and not, not to like, but I gotta say, I mean, you know, one of the first days um, on, on set for Endgame, when we were gonna shoot all the stuff in the headquarters after after the snap, you know, so Rocket's there, and like, I show up on set, and it's like, you know, Robert Downey and Scarlett, Chris Evans and Hemsworth, and, and you know, done. Don Cheadle and uh, Mark Ruffalo and Paul Rudd and Jeremy Renner and Brie Larson. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but and me, 
You know, and it's like just, <laughs> these are the people I'm going to work with today. That was like, whoa, I gotta try to act like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really, I really tried to sort of, you know, soak it in and, and really how, try to kind of watch how everyone works because one of the blessings of that is that, you know, I'm always growing as an actor. I'm always learning new things. I'm always trying to get better, you know. Um, I hope that the work that I'm doing this year is, you know, in, in some way better than the work I was doing five years, ten years, and so on. That, that my work gets better, and so I always like watching all these seasoned pros and just trying to get a sense for how they how they operate and what they do, and if I can learn anything from them. Um, I'm really grateful for that. As someone who's aspiring to be a thespian, your like stories of how you know growing through your acting, it's really inspiring. But it's still very scary to the thought of like, you know, I'm looking into colleges right now and what if that never happens? So what are your tips, I guess, on just retaining faith in yourself and knowing that you can offer something other actors or actresses can't? It's a great question. It's hard to answer in a short amount of time. But, I, but all I can tell you is that, um, you know, the things that are the most important to keep in mind are that it really is all about the work. It's not about trying to be successful or trying to be famous. You know, I know that when you look at the other side and you see people who have, who have gotten there and who have achieved something, it, it feels like they're kind of living this, this dream life. But it doesn't feel like that from the other side. You know, it, it feels quite, quite different to sort of go from one thing to, to the next and really be focused on, 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 on the work, you know. Um, and I, I gotta say, I always, even though I knew that there was a lot of difficulties in my career, and there's tons of rejection, and, and the rejection, you can either choose to not think of it as rejection, or you can choose to just accept rejection, or however you're, whatever space that needs to occupy in your brain for you to be able to deal with that and not have it get you down, you know, that's a mechanism you need to learn it's along the way. Um, but I would say that I never thought of it as a dream, I always thought of it as a job. And that's helpful to me, you know, because it really is, you know, I, I yes, I've, I've done these massive movies that people love and it's, and, and there's something sort of, um, I don't know, uh, there's something, really walk crazy about that in a, in a way. But I also, you know, get up and go to work in the morning, you know, and that's, and that's what my actual life is like. Um, and so just keep it about the work, finish what you start, and, you know, surround yourself with like-minded people who are interested in the work and in the storytelling. You know, if you're around a lot of people who are interested in, in trying to be famous, like, they're gonna be gone in, within a number of years, you know? At some point, they'll fall by the wayside for the most part, you know? There's always just some idiot who gets famous really quickly, but what do you know? They are the exceptions. My mom calls me from Australia, and she goes, oh, I don't know why you haven't thrown yourself in front of a truck. I'm like, what? And she goes, well, you just go, yeah, no, 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 all day long, and you keep getting up and going on. I'm like, good pep talk, mom. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you doing over there? Come back and be on home and away. And,
constantly have to hustle and reinvent yourself, but now yeah. it's almost more accessible too because everyone has a recording device in their pocket. So do your YouTube channel, do your uh, documentary. Everyone in this room is so talented. You've got writers, editors, actors, designers, directors, cosplayers, join forces and make beautiful stories together. Let me add one more thing too, which is that, you know, actors, I had a teacher in acting school who said that actors were students of human behavior. And I've always remembered that, and I think that that's true. And so when you, when you approach the work, you don't, it's not helpful to approach it from the, from the standpoint of what makes me special. Because it's not about you. It's about what makes other people special and how you try to understand what it is in everyone else that is special, and that's what you're trying to communicate. That's what you're trying to portray. I think that that's really important. Correct. Um, I have a question about Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, when the person who mutants against the argument declares himself to be taser face, you guys get to react to that in the only way that a rational person would. He's cracking up. Um, how many takes did it take for him to seriously call himself taser face? <laughs> well, I gotta say, under all that makeup is a just superlative actor named Chris Sullivan, who is now on the, like having this fantastic career on This Is Us and everything else. Um, and God, that guy's good. Um, and, and he can do everything. He's like a he's like a Renaissance man too. He can like sing and dance and do everything. Um, but um, he he's a pro, man. He's he had it. He has it down. I mean, that's the thing though. The key of playing scenes like that are that you can't find it funny yourself. You know. Let other people find it funny, but you have to play the reality, the truthfulness of it. So uh, fortunately, we got to just laugh at him all day. I don't, think, I don't think he cracked up too many times, but maybe Steve Agee, who plays Jeff the Ravager, did make a break once or twice. So out of all the productions you've been a part of, which one or which scene do you think was the hardest to make? Um. There's, there's many different ways in which scenes can be difficult. So um, it, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, like, in, in, just to throw out a few examples, in, in Guardians 2, you know, the, the scene where, um, where Rocket and, um, uh, and Yondu are in the cell and they're trying to get Baby Groot to get them thin and he keeps bringing all the different stuff. And then Kraken finally comes in at the end of that scene. Now, just in terms of logistically, a day of work, that's as hard of a day of work as I've ever had because I was shooting as both Rocket and Kraken and we had to shoot each one of those things as like a new, they're all from different angles and they're all, and it just is extremely tedious. And when you're dealing with a CGI character, you got to do the, do the reference shot, you got to stand out, you got to have, and then also then I'm um, doing Kragman and doing his voice. So it's like, that's really difficult, but it's a different kind of difficult than um, in Endgame when, when the explosion comes in, um, uh, War Machine and Hulk and Rocket get, get trapped underwater in that thing. And, and we knew it would be only a couple of probably snippets of shots, which it is in the movie, but that's several days of work 
in, in water, in a full water tank, you know, and that's where we're in, in that water for hours at a time. And the crew is in that water. Oh, and so like, that's a totally different type of incredibly difficult. And then there's scenes that are just emotionally difficult. And those are really hard, you know, where you're just like, you, you know, where like it's a funeral scene or something, and you're trying to muster up the, um, the emotion to, to, to play that um, honestly, where you're reacting to a character's death, and you're doing it over and over and over again. Um, and, um, and in some ways, that's harder than anything. You have to learn how to conserve your energy there, and also get a, a decent sense for when you should be sort of, um, you know, where the camera is, when it's close, when it's farther away, when you can conserve your energy. What pieces they're going to use there? That's a different type of of, uh, of difficult. So I guess my answer to your question is I don't know. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. That's all we've got time for today. Check out some of our other shows like Exotic Liability, No Applause, Just the Clap, and Black Falls. We can be found at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for The BACN on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Oh, yeah.